Here's Papa is brought to you by Just Some Podcast Media. Dun, da, da, da. The views on this podcast are those solely of the host and do not represent the views or opinions of any other institution. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Echo. Hear clearly, care confidently. Learn more at echohealth.com. That's E K O health.com. And use code PAPA for 10% off the stethoscope of your choice. Welcome to Nurse Papa, a podcast from the heart and mind of a pediatric oncology nurse and father. In each episode, I take a deep dive into a story of parenthood, or I tackle a parenting question from one of my loyal listeners in a segment called Dear Nurse Papa. In either case, I hope to come out on the other side with a better understanding of what makes kids and their parents tick. Before we get to this week's letter, I have to do a bit of Nurse Papa house cleaning. A few weeks ago, I asked my readers and listeners to leave a review for the Nurse Papa podcast and Nurse Papa the book. I promised the winner a shout out for my two kids on the podcast. Well, a few of you stepped up to the plate, but the first one to do it was a dude named Christian, who I happen to work with. My friend Christian has four kids, and the last two are twins. Slow down, dude. Anyway, thanks a bunch, my friend. Here's your reward. Thanks, Christian, for helping my dad feel good about himself. Thank you, Christian. Thanks for one great review. Thank you, my friends. And before we get to this week's letter, let's hear from my sponsor, a company that is helping nurses and doctors hear better. When I listen to little hearts and lungs at work, I use my 3M Litman Core digital stethoscope powered with advanced echo core technology. With the press of a button, the sounds I hear can be enhanced 40 times from this to this. Learn more at echohealth.com. That's E-K-O health.com. And use code PAPA for 10% off the stethoscope of your choice. Dear Nurse Papa, my partner and I are expecting a child pretty soon. We are fully aware of the many challenges this kid will face in this screwed up world, but we decided to have a child despite those challenges. The least we can do though is to give them every opportunity to thrive, which leads to our first major decision as parents and our question for you. It's a question about penises. If our unborn baby comes out with one, we have to decide if we will circumcise him or not. We've been waffling. Our first thought is, no, it seems medically unnecessary and we have no religious impetus to do it. If we choose not to do it and he's given the choice to do it himself later in life, he'll most likely not elect to. So why should we? But we could just as easily say, yes, of course we'll circumcise him. All the biological males in our life are circumcised. To our knowledge, none of them have experienced any complications or problems with this penis reality. Circumcision feels normal to both of us, and we get the feeling that most people we know feel the same way. We've been told that men who are circumcised are less likely to spread STDs, and that we might struggle to get our son to properly wash his uncut penis. Is any of this true? We don't know what to do. 
We think of the pain our baby might experience as his circumcised penis heals. This potential trauma gives us pause. The last thing we want to do is welcome our child into the world with pain. But then we queasily ponder the appearance of his uncircumcised penis, and that is painful to us. We just can't decide. Ugh. Help us, Nurse Papa. Love, Two Concerned Queer Parents. Dear Two Concerned Queer Parents. So, penises. What to do? There's so much conflicting information about this extremely ancient rite of passage, and I fully understand why you two are wavering. In fact, circumcision is the oldest known surgical procedure dating back to the ancient Egyptians. Wow! Alas, despite all their research, scientists have thus been able to determine if King Tut's mummified penis was circumcised or not. Oh, yeah. According to the Old Testament, though, the first man to get his penis cut was Abraham. The prophet, not the president. Abraham was reportedly 99 years old when it happened, and the cutting instrument was a hatchet. No, 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 which no, no, no. makes me wonder just how big Abraham's ancient penis was to require such a hefty tool. Did he scrape it with the sharp part, or just go for it? Ow! I don't know. According to the Old Testament, God, who was definitely an old white guy as well, told Abraham to circumcise himself his household, and his slaves as an everlasting covenant in their flesh. With a hatchet. <laughs> Those who weren't circumcised were considered to be cut off from their people. Which is kind of ironic because those uncircumcised guys were the only ones who were actually intact. Two concerned queer parents, in my mind, there's already so much wrongness wrapped up in the circumcised penis origin story that for once, I don't even know where to begin. But with a bit of modern hindsight, it's clear to me that the biblical story of circumcision is one of exclusion, subjugation, self-mutilation, and religious elitism. Indeed, it is the story of a stubborn and demanding dad forcing his myopic parental expectations upon the flesh of his son. Has anybody taken the time to ask if God was circumcised? Does God even have a penis? Hmm? Before we get to that big question, let's refocus on your son's potential penis. Hmm. You two have come to me with some very valid medical and psychosocial concerns. So let's set aside this ugly circumhistory for a moment, and perhaps we can figure out what circumcision means today for you and your son. So for now, hold the hatchet, please. First, let's address your health concerns. You're worried that an uncircumcised penis will put your child's penis health at risk. According to some medical professionals, adolescents who have not been circumcised are slightly more likely to develop urinary tract infections due to the accumulation of smegma under the foreskin. I was hoping I could make it through this episode without saying the word smegma. <sighs> and now look at me. I've said it twice. It should be noted, though, that the incidence of UTIs in all boys is pretty damn low regardless of their penis status. The studies I reviewed indicate that less than 4% of uncut boys experience infection in the first year of their life. In my role as a pediatric nurse, I have never seen a boy, circumcised or not, experience a UTI. It's my gut feeling that penis hygiene plays a much bigger role in this arena than circumcision status, and it is within your power to reduce the risk of this possibility in your young child. Any UTI can be hard to detect, especially in a nonverbal baby or toddler. So until some clever linguist invents a sign language for Ouch! My penis is on fire! You'll simply need to be vigilant about checking that area for redness or inflammation. As your son gets older, you can instruct him how to properly clean himself. 
If he can learn to clean his teeth, then he can certainly learn to clean his penis. You also ask if uncircumcised men are more likely to spread STDs. Well, the data about this is fairly inconclusive. Most scientific studies provide mixed or unclear data about this topic. Given this dearth of real data, I don't recommend that you make your circumcision based on this information. What all these studies do have in common though, is the conclusion that responsible sexual practices are your son's best bet against contraction or transmission of STDs. Teach your future boy about the proper do's and don'ts of using his penis well with others. For help with this, listen back to episode 26 of Nurse Papa. The Sex Talk There are a few other possible medical complications that are seen in uncircumcised boys. But these complications are generally not serious and can be addressed by a medical professional if they do indeed occur. It should be noted that circumcision is not without its own risk as well. Bleeding and infection can occur. And while proper use of local anesthetics should prevent pain during the procedure, your son will most likely experience some amount of discomfort in the days following. Will he remember any of it? Probably not. I sure don't. This is all to say that I do not believe it is medically necessary to circumcise your child. It's also unlikely though that a circumcision procedure will have any major health consequences for your kid. Health-wise, you could go either way. Now, regarding your emotional, philosophical, and societal concerns. You seem to be worried that an uncircumcised penis will place your son in the penis minority. And depending on where you live, you might be right. Indeed, only 25% of males in the US are uncircumcised by their parents. But the rate of circumcision is the moving target. It also varies highly between different countries and different cultures. Your boy's uncut penis may feel out of place in West Virginia where only 10% of men are uncircumcised, but find itself among friends in England where 80% of men are uncut. And in Honduras or Japan, an intact penis will be virtually lost in the penis crowd where almost 100% of men are uncircumcised. I think the more relevant question is, why are you even concerned about the choices that other parents are making for their kids? Trust me, you'll be making so many decisions for your future son, and I believe those decisions should be based upon your own beliefs, and not the beliefs or practices of others. So, don't concern yourself with what all the other penises look like. But do give that penis a passport. Okay, as to your aesthetic penis concerns, I don't think this will remain an issue. So many aspects of your future kid will at some point make you queasy, but you will certainly get over it as well. Just because you don't think an uncircumcised penis is pretty, does not mean you should cut it off. To concerned queer parents, I'll be honest that I am struggling to push either option upon you. Most men seem to have done just fine with the penis decision that their parents made for them when they were unable to make that decision for themselves. And so many religious and cultural traditions around the world consider circumcision to be a sacred rite of passage. It would be xenophobic and prejudicial for me to say that their beliefs are somehow wrong because they are different from mine, and I'm not going to do it. In reality, every choice you make as a parent is intensely personal. Circumcision as well is a decision that only you, your partner, and maybe your son can someday make for himself. It's fine to accept advice from others regarding their experience, but take all anecdotal evidence with a grain of salt. Everybody seems to believe that their own personal experience is reflective of the mean experience of the rest of the population. But this simply isn't true. There are horror stories out there for just about everything. Well, I know my ambivalence may seem like a cop-out, 
And it probably is, so I'll try to avoid this by telling you about my own personal experience with circumcision. Maybe that will be helpful for you. Maybe not. Who the hell am I anyway? Just some nurse with two kids and a big mouth and a kick-ass podcast. Woo! So here we go. I was circumcised not by my choice as a baby. The gentleman who performed this operation did not do so with a hatchet, so the results turned out just fine. I have never once thought to myself, Oh, I wish my parents had not circumcised me. My life is absolutely ruined. Nope. Honestly, I haven't thought about it much. And even though I didn't take part in the planning of my own circumcision, the fact that my parents made that choice for me never bothered me. It's my penis, and it works fine. And by the way, if any of my loyal listeners want to put that phrase in nice white font on a cool black t-shirt and send it my way, I'd be thrilled. And I'll give you a shout out in the next episode. It's my penis, and it works fine. But let's get back to my own touching personal story of circumcision. Long before my son's penis had begun to form in utero, I was suffering over whether or not we would circumcise him. I was aware enough to realize that I was not bound by the same choices that my parents made for me. This doesn't mean that what my parents chose was wrong. It was the right decision for them at the time they made it. My parents have always encouraged me to follow my heart and to do what I thought was right. As the precipice of fatherhood approached, I really wanted to be thoughtful about every decision I made for my future child. I wanted those decisions to be as free from my own ego and needs as possible. It wasn't my penis we were potentially cutting. It was his beautiful penis. Because this was my first big decision as a parent, I was horrified that I would do the wrong thing. If the baby had a penis, would we snip it or save it? Would we snip it and then save it? Would we save it for snipping later? This was not like choosing a stroller or a car seat. All those expensive baby items could be returned if they were not the right fit for our kid. But a cut penis would always remain cut. I can't just drive to Target and buy a new penis tip. And that was the thought that kept turning over in my brain. And this, my friend, is one of my golden gems of parenthood. So listen up. Ready, set, go! To this day, when it feels like I have to make a choice for my kids because they are unable to make that choice for themselves, I always consider doing nothing at all to be just as viable of an option. The real truth is that what you don't do as a parent is often more critical than what you do do. There are so many ways to screw up your kids, and like circumcision, many of those moves simply can't be taken back. Whatever you do decide, continue to be thoughtful about your role as a parent. That is your superpower. If you do that, you'll be just fine. If you decide to circumcise your kid, do me a favor though, please, don't use a hatchet. <laughs> Love you so much, Nurse Papa. God told Abraham to circumcise his, himself, his household, and his slaves as an everlasting covenant in their flesh with a hatchet. With a hatchet. Goodbye! Remember, Nurse Papa is also a book. Within it, you'll find stories that might just change how you look at life and indeed parenting. Nurse Papa has been my labor of love, but it offers much more than my own perspective. You'll learn from the voices of seasoned nurses, some of my young patients, and these patients' parents, each adding their own personal perspective about love, life, death, and learning. Nurse Papa is now available for purchase on Amazon and other bookseller sites. 
please consider picking up a copy and, when you're done, leaving a public review on Amazon, Goodreads, or anywhere else where people go to find meaningful books. Thank you so much for your support, and stay tuned for the next episode of the Nurse Papa Podcast. Mm-hmm.